delighted to welcome my next guest to the Lock on Sunday studio for the first time. And it's an appropriate time as well. He's enjoying what is going to be his best ever season. He certainly has the highest calibre of horse he's ever trained, but he spent a significant period out of the game when he lost his business, he lost his family, he lost his livelihood. But he's now back and he's back on top. And that really is a microcosm of his life and career as a whole, which has been full of ups and downs. But as you said to me, trainer Milton Harris, um, if you hadn't been up the mountain, you'd have never come down it yeah, again. Yeah, listen, it's life, isn't it? So we've had a go. We've had an interesting start to life as a young man. And, and do I have regrets? I, I, there'll be people that'll be pleased I'm back. There'll be people that won't be. Hopefully there's more that are pleased that I'm back that aren't. And the ones, I, the ones who aren't pleased, I can't do anything about them, can I? I only see the the public face of, of Milton Harris, really, which is at the races when you're, you know, as you appear now. Yeah. Pretty genial, pretty open, uh, quite approachable. Who, who's not going to be pleased to see well, Milton I, Harris there'll, back? There'll be some, there'll be some. But that's, that's their problem, not mine. But the article in the Post, Peter Thomas did, and I, and I sort of said, look, if we're going to do it, let's be honest, let's not warts and all and everything. You know, be amazed how many people came up to me at the races and sort of said they, how much they enjoyed it. I think sometimes racing is so insular and... And the reality is we're kings, queens and vagabonds, aren't we, in racing? And, and, and we should, sometimes we're trying to sanitise this sport and we need characters, we need difference. We can't all be from the same cloth, can we? It's a waste of time. So, so I, look, we are where we are. We, we, I've got an extraordinary team and we're so pleased. Me being here today is for my team. Tell me a little bit more about the team that you've put together, because you're at a, a different base to where you originally trained. Yeah. You're now near Warminster, where Jeremy Gask used to, yeah. used to be. You're quite tucked a little out of the way, but it's a great state-of-the-art place. Yeah, I asked Sam Tristan Davis at the time, because he was down at Paul's, and, and I spoke to Paul's, a good friend of mine, and location was a worry, and Sam said, you don't go there, you know, because of location. And we came with eight horses. There was Charlotte and Danny and a Frenchman called Dominique. I mucked everything out. We had eight horses and I mucked everything out and then rushed down the gallops to watch them. And we managed to scramble eight winners that season. Um, and they were moderate horses that had been unkind, but very loyal owners that stuck by us. And then we chipped away. And next year, we, I think we had 18, was it, the second year? Mm -hmm. And then this, this season, we were, we were on 33 at the moment. And God forbid, we, we, we short get 40 stroke 50 with a bit of luck you're absolutely flying i mean resilience is the word that keeps bringing to my mind when i think of you where where did that resilience come from was it your was it your upbringing because it was a tough upbringing yeah, wasn't it yeah, yeah, but tough compared to who tough compared probably the racing world but in yeah. reality i'm a working class kid and we we had to stand up for yourself so so when things went wrong and it wasn't just racing racing was very public wasn't it because if you if you go wrong in life get divorced, go bankrupt, whatever happens in life, and you, and you live in the middle of Ealing and you're, you're a plumber, apart from your two neighbours, probably very few people know, but I was over in the Racing Post and it was my passion. And, and, and Everybody knows your business. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and, and if they don't know it, they make it up, don't they? So, and some of the things that were published were, were true, and I hold my hands up and I made mistakes, no issues about whatsoever. Some of the things, one day there'll be something... Hmm. To be said about them, some of the things weren't quite correct, but that's fine. That's you know that, that's, that's fine. Um, but we, I had a chance to roll over and die and drop away or, or fight back, and I thought, bugger this, I'm I'm fighting back. And you fought back. But yeah. I, that, what I, I I'll get into some of that in a minute. But what I, what I, what I was fascinated to to learn that you know you, you say tough compared to who, but it, but you did have to survive. You you told Peter Thomas in the interview that you know you were working behind the bar in a pub when you were 14 and. If there was if there was aggro, you you sorted you, out. Yeah, but but it's a different world to today. I mean, today would be a different world. Unfortunately, today's society is like unfortunately they're more likely to pull a knife. These are big old Irishmen that had, had too many beers, and I was a sprightly, quick kid, and I could sort of get involved. So it wasn't it wasn't a nasty world. You so know, where, I, where 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 was this? Uh, I was born, raised Worcester way. Mm -hmm. 
But I, le- I learnt more. I was a country bumpkin boy who, who thinks, you know, not country bumpkin, but, you know, a kid from the city who wasn't that well educated. At 18, I took off to America, and, and, and all of a sudden, the world became a different place. And, 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 but that doesn't just happen, or it didn't just happen then, as you say, country bumpkin boy growing up in a pub, working there, living on your wits a little bit. How do you just take off to America? Did you? I just remember landing in Miami, 32 quid in but my what, pocket. What gave you the idea to do it in the first place? I needed place? to do something. I got myself in a bit of trouble as a young fella, and, and you and you realise that this could be you, this could, the, you, this could what, be your life. Like, when you say trouble, I mean big trouble or just no, a bit no, of no, but bit trouble of, you don't want to be in and sort of petty crime type stuff. No, I was never a thief or anything like that. I, I could fight a bit and stuff like that, and you know, so you just. But you, I, I was bright enough to realise that get away from it and get on. So I landed with um, Freddie Laker. Remember Freddie Laker? I flew a one-way ticket. In those days, you could fly one way. And you need a bit of luck in life. So we, we landed in Miami, and I had 32 quid left out of the 133 quid, because it was £99 one way, if you remember. <laughs> and I'm going down... I know, I don't remember, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, uh, Key Biscayne Boulevard, and I'm, for some reason I stopped a guy on rollerblades going, but I'd never seen rollerblades. I mean, nobody was on rollerblades in this country. So we're talking, what, like 80s? L- late 70s. Late 70s. And uh, this guy, I stopped him to ask him directions, and he was a scouser. What's the odds against that in Miami, Keepers Game Boulevard? And um, within three or four hours, I was sailing out of Miami Harbour on a cruise ship as a, as a waiter. And, 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 that, and, and, and that was the start of learning about life. So you literally flew to Miami and you just thought... I'll get some I, bar work or something. I'll, I'll do, do something. I've been born and raised in pubs, so I could serve you. You'd do something, wouldn't you? you so I've never been lazy. So you ended up on this cruise ship? I ended up on loads of cruise ships. My first cruise ship was the Emerald Seas. I shared with four Jamaicans. Yeah. And, and I drink a bit too much. I've never smoked cigarettes and I've certainly never took drugs. And for weeks I felt lightheaded with these Jamaicans and they'd be smoking ganja all day long in their cabin. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so that was, that was just a learning curve, wasn't it? And then one day it dawned on me that this is what's going on. Uh, but, and how long were you, how long were you on, ten years. on the cruise ships for? Wonderful ten years. Ten, ten, years. Years. ten years. Different ships, but I met some great people, had some fun. Learned about life. What did you learn? I learned about people, how to deal with people. I had some great, just good experiences, travelled the world, met different cultures. Just as a young man who probably was a, thinks he knows, most young men don't think, I've got people work for me think they know everything. And, and of course, you know, you're learning about life, aren't you? Well, you're learning a lot about life, but I suppose in a way it's, it's a, a rarefied life. It's, it's not quite real, yeah, no, is no, it? If I look back now, look, I've got drunk as a skunk with Cary Grant. I mean, I, you know, so if I look back now, and at the time I thought, oh, just, I'm having a drink with this old boy. You know, that's the reality, isn't it? I, I knew who he was, but it was now, and I look back and these iconic figures that I met and Dorothy Lamore and Stuart Granger. I've still got a bottle of Stuart Granger's 21-year-old Shivers Regal whiskey in my, that I've never opened from, <laughs> from 19... He was given uh, by Princess Diana for the voyage, maiden voyage of the Royal Princess. So when I look back... Now I'd appreciate it much more, wouldn't I? When you when you drop in that you got drunk as a skunk with Cary Grant, I can't crew just bar. let that. Crew I bar. can't. I can't let that just slide down the, the crew da, bar, down not the, the main bar, crew bar, crew, in the crew bar. Yeah. So he came down to the crew yeah, bar. Yeah, dragged him down there. Yeah, but I was a young fellow. But there what things, was he like? Fine. I don't. I was. At eight, I didn't. I'd probably be more in awe now, wouldn't I? At those, the, I was fighting the world. It wasn't a problem. Do you know, you're just taking on the world when you were that age. Did you, just, did you always just have what seems to be this incredible confidence that it doesn't matter? I had you dinner with some friends anywhere. last night and I said, I'm coming on next programme tomorrow. And they said, oh, you, you know... I said, no. I said, because I'll be honest with him. And if we talk about racing, at the risk of being arrogant, I know about racing. It's all I know. I've given my life to racing. The only two things I ever loved in my life was one girl and a dog, Charlie and, and um, Nancy. And I make no apologies. And I remember she saying to me one day, you love racing more than me. And, and I couldn't argue with her. 
So I don't know, as a kid, having bets in the pubs, we used to have the old bookies runners and, you know, and the old boys would be having six or eight pints at lunchtime and having a Yankee and just the way it was, wasn't it, you know? But that, this is the thing, you say you've given your whole life to racing, but not quite your whole well, life to racing. And, you know, we, had you, a, we had a gap, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but what I'm saying is that you, you had that period in your youth where you were having formative experiences. Made me. I mean, you know... I, how, did, how did you get off the ships? How did you get off the ships and why did you get off the ships? Uh, chance again, bit of chance. I, I, had, you know, I made a few quid relevant to what it was in my life. Yeah. It wasn't in real money, but... And the P&O at the time I worked for... Um, Got rid of all the unions and gave... We could stay if we wanted to. And I just felt it was time I was 28 or something. And I looked around me and I, 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 I've always believed in the wheel, what I call the wheel. So there's a wheel in life. The wheel can include, not in any order, alcohol, drugs, uh, dishonesty, whatever it may be. Getting on that wheel is the easiest thing in the world to do. Try getting off it. And I... Some of those people I worked on the ships became alcoholics. So in, you know, and I never... In those days, I was slim, fit... Uh, and I, and I didn't drink much. They probably are no longer with us, some of those boys. Would you say that that lifestyle was... It was very easy to get on the wheel? Oh, so that, so that you're far more likely to get on the wheel if you're in that kind of game? And I think stable lads and lasses, I mean, the wheels off well, That's what them. I was going to ask. I, and, and, and that, I think we have something to add. So, we, I said off air before we came on, I looked the other day, we've got the... I get upset when I talk about my team because I'm so proud of them. Excuse me. 18 months, we've not had a sick day. One member of staff, not one. And, and they, I make them work, I make them. I encourage them to work together and look after each other. We've built a team, because we've got bigger, and so people have joined us. And the odd one has joined us, where it's a third or fourth job in 12 months. And I, and I sort of say to them, come on, guys, there's something not... So I get you fall out with a head lad or your boyfriend work, then you need to leave, and all the rest of those things. But we need to encourage them to stay in the industry. If we make their job better, they mm-hmm. won't flip, will they? We don't want them to flit. I want my young girls particularly to stay with me till they're 22, 23 and look at me and I say, do you know what, I've had a great time, I'm off and I'm going to do something with my life. That's, for me, is perfect. Now, I know we need to sustain staff going through, but I think the problem at the minute is that you go and ride somewhere and they make you ride seven or eight lots a day all day, you're exhausted, you're tired, there's no fun. We ride three or four lots a day. Our, our breakfast room can be ex-certificate at times, you know, with a bit of cheek, and a bit, but it's fun. But if you work anywhere in life, you have good and bad days, don't you? We need to have more good days and bad days. If you make people's jobs more bad days and good days, invariably they'll move on. And I think we need, the trainers need to be better at making the job better, and then they won't move so much, will they? And is part of that making sure that people are having fun, you know, appropriately enough? As you said, you don't want them on the wheel, but as long as they're off the wheel... You want to make it as enjoyable as you possibly can. Yeah, and some of them get on the wheel before they get to me, and I'm trying to get them off it. Now, that's not easy, is it? You know, we've had a couple of instances where I knew that I was going to fight a losing battle. I've got a couple of 16-year-old kids, the best kids I've ever had, ever, uh, in my yard. And I often go in, I get told off by some other staff, I go in after a couple of gin and tonics tonight, sit in the bottom of the bed with the one and chat to her about life, try, sort of give her a bit of a nice lecture about where she needs to go a bit. I'm not going to stop her making mistakes, because she needs to make them, because we've all made them. But you're trying to guide them a bit, aren't you? They're our kids. And you feel a, a, a really heavy sense of responsibility yeah. in that respect. Yeah. Um, tell me about the run-up to, to 2011, when, when things all started to, to go wrong after that first... Well, we were doing well, as you know. I, th- I, think, I, I can't remember all of us. I think we'd had a really good season, and I think it was summer, so it wasn't a true reflection of... I think we'd finished 22nd in the Championship, mm. and we had better horses, 
and um, but I was going through financial difficulties, nothing to do with it became something to do with racing because of the personal financial difficulties, if you like, and personal things. And then we um, we ended up, um, I think, seventh place, sixth or seventh place in the middle of the summer. And um, my license, it, it was quite funny because we didn't get a license. I was never warned off. The license, my license, eventually wasn't renewed. Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, just, 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 I mean, I don't. Listen, as you said, you want to talk warts and all, and I'm, I'm, yeah, not, I'm, not, I'm not prying. I'm happy to go so through it. Then we, we, I'm we, not prying. So, so you, you've got into personal financial difficulty. Yep. Which affects your... Oh, which the, affects I'm on your the business. wheel. I'm on the financial wheel. Right. That's what it and are you on the, at the same time, are you on the personal and emotional wheel? Yeah, i think so. Things are going I'd wrong so, in your but personal of course, life. At the time, yeah. And is this the woman that you loved? Yeah, she was part of it, yes. Yeah, so, yes. So, yeah. But you, you, you said you had one woman and one dog you've loved in yeah, your life. Yeah, borderline. The dog was nearly in front, by the way. Well, you, 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 Nancy was the, was the woman and Charlie in question. was the dog. And Charlie was the dog. I mean, yeah. you recall Charlie's name quicker than Nancy's. I, that's Charlie's my only good. slight concern. Charlie never argued with me. Charlie's a good boy. Anyway, there you are. Um, so what went wrong with Nancy? Uh, life, just, you know, temptation, whatever you want to call it. Made okay. bad decisions. For okay. mine, not for me. So. Okay. And racing, if you're married to racing, I mean, I, I defy any... Not defy, that's... Not, I, I don't wish. But I suspect, I could go through just thinking about it now, um, very... Not that I think I'm very successful, I'm trying my best. But very successful racehorse trainers struggle to have a very good marriage. But there'd be more that don't than do. OK. Because they're married to racing. Yeah, t totally. To yeah. I totally <laughs> understand. Um, in, terms of, in terms of the effect that had on your business, obviously it was a catastrophic yeah. one. So you couldn't pay the bills... Correct. And I was at wrong. I, there were faults. Absolutely yeah. no... Let's not fanning around the edge of this. You know, I, I made mistakes and I... And, and the, the BHA are a, different, a difficult role, isn't it? So do I think they're perfect? No, and I don't... Most people wouldn't, and they probably accept that themselves. But everybody needs a policeman at some time. They don't always need them when they don't want them, do they? So we have to have a policeman, and the yeah. BHA is a policeman. Do you and think they do a good job? I think, broadly speaking, yeah, it's a difficult job, isn't it? You, you know, everybody's righteous, and yet they have three pints one night and get in the car and drive home, don't they? Ah. You know, so, so the job's difficult. And I have no axe to grind with them. I, 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 I'm, I'm clean. They can't famous last words do anything to me. I, you know, we, we're, we're clean. But, but it's a difficult role. Because you'll attract skullduggery, stroke. The, the nature of the sport, the industry attracts that. It has to attract it. How can you not? You know, any trainer will tell you they get rung up and say, well, can you do this and can you do that? And the answer's no. Do you still get that? All the time. Not all the time, regular. But people are always saying, oh... Do you know, when I... When I um, I've, it's changed now. The licensing committee, when I had my problems, was a committee. Now it's run by uh, a licensing director, sort of... So just, just, just to be clear, so basically, you were, you were being turned down a, a, re a, re a, uh, yeah. a renewal of your licence because you were bankrupt. I would say that was part of it, but also because they perceived, because of the bankruptcy and other things, that I wasn't being honest with them. That's right, the reality. Okay. Now, some of that was true, and some of them, I didn't like them, didn't tell them everything that I could have told them, but some of the things they said weren't true. But, the, but it doesn't matter, does it? It's gone. It's, it's move on from it. Yeah. And I'm, I have a pretty, no, not pretty, I have a very transparent relationship with them. Um, but every trainer in the country, I'd say, apart from the top 5%, their biggest problem is finance, I'd say. Yeah. You know, get, nobody protects the trainers getting paid, do they? There's, you know, we need to protect the trainers getting paid for bad debt, and, and we don't have that now because of, because of my past experiences. If somebody doesn't pay me on time, I'm on the phone, you need to pay me. There's a grey area. Now, you've, you've had this um, amazing existence, really, this sort of, sort of incredible um, travelling, peripatetic sort of yeah. life, and it's, it's, it's brought with it some sort of great... Not over yet, Nick. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, we're, just getting to the good, we're just getting to the good bit. Now, um, what I want to know, having 
li quite literally jumped ship and then come back and then done the racing and whatnot. When it all started to go bad, why didn't you just say, off, it was I'll easy. Do something yeah, else. Yeah, and I thought about Cause, it. Because you're the sort of person who could drop yourself in anywhere. Well, I, I'm very friendly with the Easterbys. I always have been. And Mick, Mick, Mick trained my first horse and probably taught me without trying to teach me. I, I used to go to Mick's at weekends and, and listen to him and watch yeah, him. Yeah, I say he, he might have taught you a fair bit. He, I, and I used to sit there and he, I, I can honestly say I never said to Mick, how do you do that? I used to just watch him. And, and, and Mick's a clever man, uh, one of the best tricks. He toss a coin. You know, the horse was 10 grand. He wanted to ask 12. And he, and he, he knew that he kept tossing going heads and tails with a man for 10 or, or, or you know, he'd, get, he'd average 11, wouldn't he? So Mick, Mick had li you know, loads of little tricks. Mick's a good man, a proper man. And, um, but Mick, it's a different time now, isn't it? You know, and Mick's, anyway, by the by, Mick's a good man. And um, then I know Paul Nichols quite well. I went to Paul's and... Had a horse with Paul, so you 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 learn a bit, don't you? And and, and I look back sometimes. I mean, I just digress too much. But I shared a cabin with a guy called, ironically, Jesus Jesus. It's about English Jesus. And he and I we kept. This is a family show, so I need to choose some of my words carefully. You're doing okay so far. I know, but um, Jesus was a character, and we shared a cabin too. I, at this point, was not a manager on the ship, so I had an okay job. But he he, he had a a, a real penchant for women, lots of them. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the ship's doctor... And you were sharing a cabin? I was sharing a cabin. So we had a few ground rules, because he was always getting things he should... He was catching things he shouldn't be catching. And so... <laughs> so the ship's doctor gets, actually gave him a warning once about it, because it cost him a fortune. Anyway, by the by. Uh, um, cold. Let's say it was a cold. Anyway, um, we're on the ship in the, in the middle of the Caribbean um, one New Year's Eve. We're on top of the deck, and I had a thing about never dating girls that worked on board because of what happened when it went wrong. So I dated yeah. girls that came on board. That was my sort of... And then left again. Left yeah. again. That was yeah. the way of dealing with it for mm -hmm. me. Um, and, and, and he didn't matter to him. He had no... The moral compass wasn't maybe quite the same. And we're on top of this, the funnel of the ship, and um, it makes me think about life, that's why I'm telling you this story, with two girls, English girls from the hairdressing department, of which... I'm just friends with, but we're pretty drunk, and it's New Year's Eve, all feeling a bit sorry for home, you're missing home, wherever your home may be. He disappeared around the back of the funnel with one of the girls, assuming to go do what Jesus normally does. Mm -hmm. And I heard a scream and a shout, and he jumped over the side of the ship, and we never found his body. So we searched for hours trying to find him, and a Russian um, container ship came looking. So that makes you think about life a bit. You know, and, and, and I had to pack his bag um, in the cabin I shared with him. Um, we never found him. So, so life's for living a bit, isn't it? Yeah, I've got to say, I didn't, I didn't see that coming when you... Uh... Well, I can tell you a little bit, but some of them I'm not sure at this time on Sunday morning. But, the, but my point is, when this went wrong with me, it was, it, whilst some people say it was bad, there's people don't, you know, I just got to stand up and fight. And so during the difficult times, I had a friend who had a Greek restaurant, I'd go and wash up, couldn't afford to eat properly, he'd feed me, I'd do the washing up, I'd, I'd get fed and get pretty drunk washing up with my mate in, in the kitchen. So you just get through it, don't you? And so you're... You were able, even through the darkest times, to find find ways of enjoying yourself, find sort of social opportunities, find ways to feed yourself, well, find so ways to live. Look, I always wanted to come back. I was I was coming back. Yeah, I, I knew I, I wasn't going to let them. Because when I leave this industry, which I will, it'll be on my terms, not somebody else's. Mm -hmm. So we often tease about now. But at some point, I'm not saying imminently, but I will win. The Scoutons and I, they tease me about it. I'm going to when I have a big winner, I'm going to stop, and it'll be on my terms. But to what extent are you... It, doesn't, it didn't strike me until you said that, that you were driven by any sense of um, having the last laugh or... 
No, no. Revenge or, no, not revenge. or that you've been wronged in some way? Mm, there's a little bit of injustice don't. Do I think I was treated 100% fairly? Only a few will know, I suppose. I, I don't want to dodge the issue because I, I, I need to be held responsible for my actions, don't I? That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So, but, but look, you'd like to, you want to do anything on your terms, not somebody else's terms. Because invariably when you do it on somebody else's terms, they aren't good decisions. So you were minus the licence for what, seven years? Seven years or so, and I managed a few horses. And it was nice to see Charlie, because I, I, I'm careful to get away. I gave Charlie his first winner indirectly. Y- y- yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so you, and it was you, called Fit and Proper Job, which was... Uh, it won't be lost on the BHA. It was named by my owners because I was deemed not fit and proper. Not a fit and proper person. Yeah, correct. And so mm-hmm. the horse was purchased and called Fit and Proper Job and um, duly won when it should have. Um, one day at Folkestone, young Charlie Deutsch is 60. I walked the tra- track. I always remember walking the track with him. And because I've known him since a young boy, and I know his family, and they're, I don't know if, you know if he's told you about the Odeon cinemas. Do you know the story of the Odeon? No. I, 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 I mean, this is clearly a story I should have got earlier on. You I would have got this. Yeah. Charlie Deutsch's, I think, great grandfather, maybe grandfather, was Oscar Deutsch. And Oscar Deutsch, O D E A N, Odeon cinemas. Set up Odeon O D E O N. Oscar Deutsch entertains a nation. Odeon Cinemas. But it's Odeon spelled O-D-E-O-N. He, um, he set up Odeon, Odeon Cinemas. Or maybe Oscar they changed Deutsch. it. Well, that's, he set up that. So maybe, I mean, it's, it, maybe, it's, maybe it's Oscar Deutsch entertains our nation or whatever, something like yeah. that. Anyway, whatever it, it, that's it is. The yeah. family, that's the family history. Uh, the dad rode 50 or 60 winners, made John Wayne look stylish. And next week you're in this chair. <laughs> no, no, but anyway. Because you're going to get more out of my guests than no, I No, no, but so, so I know Charlie. So Charlie, we walked on the track, I said, Charlie, it'll win if it. And he looked at me like two heads, you know. And of course it won, and I was so pleased for the boy. And AP was there and made sure, came out to make sure he weighed in properly. And it was a good day. So mm. those are days that you cherish, aren't they? Giving the boy a chance and the boy can ride. Mm, he's and he's a nice young man. And, and whoever thought in the legal system that a, a, an internment in prison would benefit a boy like that wants their head looking at, don't they? How he didn't get some sort of uh, probation or whatever because prison, he got lucky that he got in with the right gym master or whatever, but it was no benefit to Charlie. And he's been extremely well mentored, as we've, as yeah. we've heard, yeah, by, by Venetia Williams. Him. She looks after him. And you were making that point about how crucial it is to, to look after the young people, yeah. the, the young people in the sport. They're our future. I have some smashing kids, and, I, and I, as I said, we want them to get on and, and enjoy the sport and get some pleasure from it. Don't feel downtrodden. Don't feel like you're not part of an, an important... These winners haven't come... You may have noticed I don't ride them. So, you know, <laughs> they're good. Tony has been racing a long time. He's my assistant. Tony Chant used to be a jockey. So he helps me dealing with the youngsters a bit. We have bad days like everybody else does, but good team. How did you get your licence back again? Um, great friend of mine, Nick Allen, who, who um, his dad... We bought Fintan Poppajoff, who was an ex-small trainer, permit holder. has been a great support all the way through this. And um, it, I just spoke to the head of licensing one day and said, listen, can we come and have a meeting off the record and just you tell me what we need to do? And we walked out of there. There's another story. Uh, well, we walked out of um, Old Holborn offices and we knew that we, we'd... We'd won, if that's the right phrase. We, as long as we adhered to what they'd asked right. us to do, we were going to get. But the door was ajar. The, they'd opened the door. Yeah. And then I had about one hundred and thirty pounds to my name. That I was. But you Nick, were rich by that point. Yeah, I'm a wealthy man. But Nick, my friend, is a, fair to say, got a few bob, and he said, "Come on, we'll have a gin and tonic." So I don't know if you know old Omar. If you turn, I don't know the name. You turn out to the right uh, and go and along, a, and there's a big gin, a hotel with the biggest gin bar in England. Yeah. So down the steps we go, and they're all dressed as. Um, uh, the Tea Party, Boston Tea Party, whatever they are, yeah. 
And uh, as we walk in, I only, they said, hello, Mr. Allen, or something. I thought, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> so we had two single gin and tonics each, and the bill was £140. <laughs> and thankfully, the train was due to go. <laughs> <laughs> But that oh, was a my good word. day. So, that, so you knew that you, you knew the that you... The doors open, we just yeah. had, to, we had to apply ourselves. OK. And they were fair. Which you did. Yep. And they're fair. they've been fair. And, and, and I get on well with them. And look, I'm, it, it, it's, the business has grown. And, and, and I took my off the business previously. Now we have a good business. Um, we're, we, we're, one, we're successful, but also we have a good business. OK. There's a lot of people in this country who know how to train horses. There's plenty yep. of people who can get horses fit. There's lots of good horse people, men yep. and women, and a lot of them are yep. scrambling around trying to get two winners this season yeah, and they hard, can't manage it. You've had how many this season? 33. So, so you'll end up with 50-odd, maybe maybe whatever. You might even have a Cheltenham Festival winner if Knight Salute does his, does his thing. Um, how, do you, how do you do it? How do you amass these horses? What's your knack I don't know. Of, I think of, of, of getting on in this game when you I when think you I'm a real on? good form student. I understand about placing horses. I, I know that myself. I, 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 I've been an arrogant, but I know that I'm good at that. And... You have to remember everything we've got. I think the most expensive horse in our yard hasn't won yet, 42,000. All these night, night salute was 14,000. Mm-hmm. Most of them are 10 to 20,000 pound horses. Mm-hmm. We don't have... Look, we'd love to attract... I've got brilliant owners. You'd like one or two, I don't know, more substantial owners financially, if you like, and be sent a nice horse. But do you know, if I, somebody came to me tomorrow and said, here's 200,000, I'd talk them out of it and say, let's buy two for 50 and spend the 100 training them for the next five years. Because I, I don't... I think once you get to a certain level, the difference in cost is nearly about who wants to put their hand up more than the other fella. So, you know, yeah. I, 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 there's an element of that, isn't there? So well, we it, becomes a, it. it becomes a bit of an ego Yeah, and Christian well. Wanderek in Germany is a great friend of mine, probably the longest-standing friend in racing. And I buy, mo- not most, but a large proportion of my good horses have come from him, mm. you know, and, and they've come from him at very sensible... Pro- and he, what Christian is, which always amuses me, people stand wary of him because he's a very, very good trainer. Uh, you know, he's trained 3,000 winners or something. But what Christian is is a wolf in wolf's clothing. <laughs> What he isn't is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm. So no problem with Christian, 100%. I trust him implicitly. And we buy a lot from him, never vet them. I've never vetted a horse from him in my life. And I think one went back, and he'd, be, he'd say, yeah, send it back. So you build relationships, don't you? You know, and, and when things were wrong, it took a while to build back these relationships and it, with the sales companies and things like that. Um, and, they, and they're now on good footing. So, But I'm not alone. Listen, I'm better off than most. And we... Uh, I keep seeing the team, but we do it together. And are you personally on a good footing now? Have you found the next Nancy, I, I, the next, next Charlie, Charlie, the no. next... Nancy probably could be replaced. Charlie never will. So I, I've never had another dog since, so years go by. So, no, look, trying to find happiness in life is not easy for everybody, is it? You know, there's always somebody worse off. And these people who are keeping the Milton Harris racing show on the road, are you pretty confident that you can keep that little team... Tightened together yeah, and I moving think, listen, forward. I, the, the staff and, and, and the owners, I've got the same owners. When, when, when things were mm. bad and I managed a few horses, put them with Dan, and, and, and those people are still with me. And um, we had a winner the other day, and John gave a night, John Naylor, Diane, Sue Brown. These people have been with me. How they put up with me, I don't know. But, you know, we've, but we've had, Diane's had 30 winners, and she's probably never spent more than five grand on a horse. So, you know, we, we, we're successful um, in our own. Right, but with the right... I used to have good horses before. Mondo was a good horse. You know, I love juvenile hurdlers. I think you've got a chance. So, um, you know, we've got... We bought, I think, six this year or something like that, and they've all turned out pretty much OK, you know? Knight Salute got a chance of winning the triumph hurdle? Well, I think so. I, I, look, what people forget sometimes is that... So I can't... Here he is, actually, winning now, look. <laughs> um, well, this is Paddy, look, who I've known. Yeah, Paddy's harder to train than the horse, by the way. Um, so <laughs> he's untrainable, Paddy. <laughs> But he wins, doesn't he? 
he's a winner. So I told Paddy I took the earplugs off this day and I hadn't, um, but because um, he wanted them out. But the horse, people forget, is a, is by a Derby winner out of an Oak Third. He's bred to be a good horse. And he Libby, was one of my girls. Good girl. And who's that leading leading night's Luton? That's Libby. One of my That's girls. That's Libby. She's going to Sam Ritz. Ah, so because you're still doing the white turf, well, are you? The plan is to go this year. We've not been to Essen. That's Mark Adams, one of my owners. They're all in the team. Everybody's in the team. The, if we have a winner and owners are there, I get them all into champagne. We're in it together. We can only be in it together. See, the, the, overriding, the overriding impression I get from you, Noel, is, I mean, I, I think I knew it already or suspected yeah. it, but this is the longest we've had to sit down and chat, yeah. is that, yes, you enjoy racing, but you just love company. You love people. You love... Winning is important, isn't it? You, you, people have no, you know, having a winner, and, and I always think, like Global Agreement won at Weatherby, you think it was, but he won a two mile race and he's going to go from Lingfield Million, there's a two mile free furlong, £20,000, that's his gold cup because he's rated 98 and he's going to run a £20,000 race. Yeah. But he's a good horse, and um, he, he, uh, he's Mark's dad. We, um, we'll go to the Adonis, and I'd say. It's um, who's a fat bloke? Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> it, the, the, the 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 triumph is on the Friday. Mm -hmm. Generally, the ground on the, on the Friday is good, good to yeah. soft. And, and you, if he gets to him at the last, you, he's got a bit of toe. Mm. Chance, he's got a chance. I mean, he was, and, and he won his uh, on his second flat start and looked like they put him in a stakes race. Uh, Andrew Baldy must have thought he was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I at spoke one point. to Andrew, and, and Andrew was straightforward and transparent. And um, they'd been winning. I couldn't work. It, you know, he, was, he was by un, an unfamiliar mare, unfamiliar, and, uh, and Sir Percy. He was quite. Sam Pedigree says mile and a quarter, three year old, maybe mile and a half. And he kept running over a mile. And he finished last every time. But he was, he never was disgraced. He was fifth of five, six of six, beaten under ten lengths. And I thought, mm. if we're, Mark and I, did, I did a list of 40, 50 horses, and we got it down to. 20, and then we get a few more off, which we can't afford, and then at 14,000 we bought him. Um, Milton, he could go to Cheltenham and, and run a great race for you. Yeah. You've said already that this, this phase, this next phase of your life, has an end point. You're not just going to go on and on and on and on and on doing this forever and ever, amen. Look, I, I, I told you, we are, I, the scouts, when, we, when, that, when the day that went at Cheltenham, Harry's out the way and been waving at me, is that it, is that it? Because I said to him, I'll stop, when, and, I, and I feel that's what I want to do. But I'd love to get somebody on board, a young person, male or female, that you could take on as an assistant, like, a bit like Press, Master Mark Press was doing, and give him a chance, because I know how hard this is to get going. Mm. I started with one horse on my own, believe it or not, rode it, and, 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 and a two and a, my first Cheltenham winner, I had a friend, had a, a, a field full of sheep, two and a half acre field. He'd get the sheepdog to put the, 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 the sheep in the corner, and I'd gallop this horse round and round this field so the sheep weren't in the way. Was this Pat, was Pat's that Pax the Jack? Jack? Yeah, I remember so, Pax and he was a Jack. bit of a lad, you know. So, so somebody needs a bit of help on the on the on the way up, don't they? Okay, so when you find your successor, then you'll and then what, be a consideration. And, and yeah. then uh, this is a, I, I want to know about. It. We're not talking about imminently, but but, but you know you'd oh. like to you'd like to have a hundred horses and hundred winners and say thanks very much for the time. Boy. All right, and have you got an idea? Have you got an idea as to how you'd like to spend your time after that? A few ideas, yeah. I'd, yeah, I've always we always I was quite if we can afford it, isn't it? Unfortunately, money has a bearing. If I like a sailboat, so you, you want to get back on the seas? Maybe do something. I just feel like. We've, we're quite shallow and quite selfish at this game, aren't we? Mm. We can, and, and I sort of help a little family now in Thailand, and I think this, you can do a bit. Look, at, for all Barney Curley's fault, you know, he wasn't a bad fella. You know, and Barney was a naughty boy, but I don't mind a naughty boy. I can deal with a naughty boy, and, and um, he was a good man, I'd say, deep down. And, and I think it's something we need to give back a bit, don't we?
Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Al Basti Dubai.